Everybody loves McDonald's fries. So, yes, you accused your mom of stealing some of your fries on the way home. Um, but the bag did feel a little light. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. At State Farm, we're committed to uplifting black futures. In collaboration with organizations like 100 Black Men and National Urban League, State Farm provides high school students with the opportunity to learn and apply best practice strategies for saving and investing, all while offering academic support, life skills, and exposure to college access programs to prepare these students for life after high school. Check out 100blackmen.org and nul.org to donate and learn more. Like a good neighbor, State Farm is there. We think that racism or racist equals hate. Right. We have this one view, this one yeah. perspective of what that is. Right. When really um, racism starts with indifference. Yes. Racism starts with self-centeredness. Yes. You know, and so those are the things we have to understand. Like we have to know how to define it, you know, and if we don't know how to define it as it relates to um, you know, racism being that of individual racism mm-hmm. versus, you know, um, systemic and institutionalized. Yeah. And so those are the things that we don't, we conflict it too. So when we think of racism, you know, you'll hear people say, well, they, they were a good father. You know, mm-hmm. when you talk about, you know, you talk about Bull Connor down, you know, yeah. and, uh, you know, you hear his, you will hear his children, he was a great father, or people that worked for him in his house, they were, he treated me kind, you know. Welcome to Wow Black, a seriously opinionated podcast bringing you the real and raw on anything happening while Black. If Black culture's there, we're there. If you're pissed or empowered, then let's talk about it. Ride with us on this all-Black everything. Everybody, welcome back to Wild Black. Welcome back, welcome back. We're glad to be here with you again with another dope topic. It's uh, Today's an interesting topic. I say that all the time, don't I? Yeah, all of them, because, I mean, that's... Like, it's true, though. Every episode has it's true. interesting components to it. Yeah. yeah. Today, yeah. today we are all about building a bridge. And I know you don't know what the hell that means yet, <laughs> so we're going we're gonna to get into it. But, but, but being... Like a literal bridge. <laughs> right. I don't do I don't do manual labor. That's what half of them just said. My nail is <laughs> done. I, I, I sweated on Tuesday. I can't <laughs> right. You know, building bridges. Now today we're building bridges from where we are to where we need to be. And you know we've talked about this kind of stuff before, but today it's about healing and finding some racial harmony. Did I get that right? Is that the right kind of right kind of? You can talk. You can yeah, yeah, that's, yeah, that's okay, good. That's okay. good. <laughs> okay, okay. Uh, but we've we've got a, a hell of a guest today to help us get through this. And the reason I'm not going much into the topic until after she speaks is because, realistically speaking, she's just going to do a much better job than I will. So, on today's podcast, we've got Miss Latasha Morrison. She's a speaker, an author, a bridge builder, see? We're back to the bridges. And a leader who's committed to educating people on cultural intelligence and racial literacy. You're going to find out what that means real short because I got a question to ask. What is cultural intelligence and racial literacy? We got you covered. But check it out. When, when white supremacist Dylan Roof gunned down nine blacks, black Christians at Emanuel AME Church in Charleston, South Carolina back in 2015, Latasha felt that her white church, predominantly white church, didn't know how to handle it. Using that experience, she fueled her movement, and she founded Be the Bridge, a nonprofit that provides a framework for meaningful cross-cultural relationships and dialogue about America's racial history. So, Miss Latasha, welcome to Wild Black. Great, it's great to yeah. be here. If you wouldn't mind, take a few moments, uh-huh. tell them a little bit more about yourself, and then tell people more about your mission, this cultural intelligence, this racial literacy, okay. and then we're going to dive in. Okay, cool. I'm Latasha. I live here in Atlanta. And so one of this conversation with me really started in high school, you know, just like with a lot of people, maybe you're listening, um, you know, but I had this conversation with other people that look like me. Right. And so um, I was, you know, working in corporate America and I saw that corporate America was more focused on um, really dealing with um, 
some of the diversity and inclusion type conversations that Mm -hmm. the church wasn't having. And it was different when I was in predominantly black church. Um, There was, we were always kind of inclusive, you know, where it's kind of like we would go into spaces in order to really sometimes, you know, we know in order to, to get by, to thrive, like you, we have to know how to code switch and go into these different environments and, and um, do our thing. You know, that's very common for us. But um, when I became a part of, a predominantly white church, um, it was different. It wasn't that same um, that same heart to to reach um, the community. I would hear mission statements that would say, you know, we want to reach the community for God or, you know, whatever that was. And I think for me, it was just kind of like, then why are all the people in here? Look <laughs> this the right. look same, you know? Mm-hmm. And it was just like, so you know you're not going to reach people doing the same thing that you're doing. And yeah. so that was just some of the, when you start talking about some of the diversity and inclusion type conversations, but then when you start talking about some of the anti-racism work really kicked off for me um, at the Trayvon Martin. So doing mm-hmm. Trayvon Martin um, when I was a part of um, a predominantly white church and having conversations with people, it was kind of like clueless to even who Trayvon was. And I'm like, yeah. okay, if you're going to care for me, if we're going to be in community together and this is real talk, then you're going to have to be concerned with the things that are concerning me and understand and and really discovering that people, we weren't starting from the same common memory or common language, you know. Um, and that's where you see a lot of the divide. So that's kind of like for me where, you know, there's something that bothers you. Kind of like probably with you guys where you saw gaps and holes and you wanted to start this this podcast to, yeah. to educate people. The same way with me where you just, you, you didn't want to just sit down and sit on the sidelines. It's like, okay, let me do my part. Not thinking that it was going to turn into everything that I'm doing now. Yeah. But what is my next right step? Like, what is my next right thing? What is the, what conversations and what conversations? conversation I'm supposed to have with people. And so it started off really just having what conversation with one person that led to two people, that led to 10 people, that led to a thousand people, that led to a hundred, you know, like led to a hundred people, led to a thousand people. So um, that's kind of like how the conversation really started um, just personally and then outwardly. Um, It's kind of cool, like bringing up corporate America and not necessarily understanding or even seeing what's happening in America, they only right. see what's happening in in their white America. Right, right. That's that was like the infancy phase yes. for a while. Black yeah. it was. I, I remember standing at work, and for you it was Trayvon Martin. For me, it was Mike Brown had been murdered okay. in Ferguson, mm-hmm. and the news was covering this like twenty four seven. Right. And I was standing at work, and there were some white girls behind me, mm-hmm. and they were clueless as to what was going on. Mm-hmm. It, it, it just left me with this feeling like we shared the same air, space, yeah. time, desk, cars. Yes. But I live in your world, and you don't live in mine. Right. It's the same world. You have right. no clue what's yeah. even happening. So I completely yeah. feel you there. Yeah. It's, I it's, mean, it's it, not it, universal. Yeah. Like, and it's right. It doesn't resonate. But People we all don't look like us, right? Like, right. So I, I could see how it could be like, oh, Trayvon Martin or yeah. that's your cousin. Yeah. You know, yeah. Why is that significant? Even though they've heard it five hundred times yeah. on the right on the news, like, it, oh yeah, that's yeah. Not, you never grabbed them. Right? And and the way the media tells the story, you know. And I think for me, things started clicking like even before that, like when I was watching. If you remember the earthquake in Haiti, yes, and mm-hmm. how it was covered, yes. And how brown people, but I, I don't even think the news understood the bias and the racism, which mm-hmm. they would never call it racism or right. the racist bias that that was coming out, and how you know, um, you know. Patients were um, portrayed and stuff like that. So I just remember yeah. watching that, you know, play out yeah. and how it mm-hmm. played out on different news channels and the um, some of the um, the newscasters. And I just remember that bothering me, yeah. you know, and, and then being um, yeah. completely yeah, clueless, just the right? narrative, yeah. like playing into stereotypes and narratives, yeah. just all these different things. And um, so it's just there was a lot of little just stepping stones, yeah. you know, that was I think that was kind of leading up to this point of actually doing something, yeah. you know, and that doing something just really started with conversations. It's funny because we yeah. can, you can see that same story played out over and over. Mm-hmm. Haiti, New yeah. Orleans. Yes. Puerto yes. Rico. Puerto Rico. Yes. Right. Yeah. Puerto same, Rico. We see it all. Yes. Right. Yes. Yes. And mm-hmm. then the same where, how, I mean, how much have we heard about the Bahamas? Right. Mm-hmm. Right. Exactly. You know, over and over. Yeah. yeah. Over and over. Like, you know, anytime there's, you know, I mean, we heard more about what happened at, you know, the cathedral, you know, that um, mm-hmm. that caught on fire 
than you know oh, yeah. than we yeah. have about because we can't we cared about that yeah yeah <laughs> yeah, yeah. Right. which how many donations went out for that right, so it's exactly. just like this is right. the optics of stuff you know where we pay attention to stuff like that and sometimes people think that okay this has nothing to do with race but everything in America. Everything has to do with race. Like Absolutely. everything has to do with race. And you know, and and it's not it's not race bathing. Talking about race doesn't make you a racist, you know. But um really understanding the historical context why everything is about race because of the system, yes. the racialized system that we live in, yeah. that we're a part of um, every day. And so a lot of times when people start awakening to that and understanding that and understanding the different contexts. And so we want to help people do that. Yeah. <laughs> and so um, that's why, you know, when we talk about racial literacy, you right. know. Everybody loves McDonald's fries. So, yes, you accused your mom of stealing some of your fries on the way home. Um, but the bag did feel a little light. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. Um, that's what that is about. I so. can tell you came to teach today, didn't oh. you? Ooh, I'm excited. <laughs> I, I love them. I love them. All right, well, we're gonna jump into this wild black shit. Are you okay. familiar? Are you familiar with that wild black shit? You know what? I am. Yeah, I heard it. So just tell me. Just huh? tell me. Yeah, I heard it. It's fun though. I, I heard a couple episodes. So yeah, I'm excited. Okay. Is, I'm, I'm real excited, listeners, because okay. I can't wait to hear Art say this word. I'm just. I'm excited. <laughs> okay. Your secrecy. Okay, oh, there we go. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He killed me with. Because mm-hmm. oh, right? I, I looked at. I was like, oh, he, oh, he, we got, we got idiosyncrasy here. Idiosyncrasy. Yeah. <laughs> My man. Look how he laid that. Well, I, I knew the word because I was like, oh, okay, you gotta, you know, there's a lot of syllables in this one right now. Like, I, 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 yeah, I feel it. <laughs> All right, this is how it works. Okay. Three questions. Okay. Last question is a signature question. We ask every guest this last question. Okay. It's amazing. We love it. Okay. And then the first two just to warm you up. Okay. All great. right. You ready? Okay, I'm ready. I'm All right, ready. let's go. Let's go. Hit me with your three, your top three idiosyncrasies of the black church. Or black preachers. Example, the church building fund, or when the pastor say, y'all don't hit me. <laughs> okay. That's one. Okay. Um, okay, I, I would say the first one is, um, give me one more minute. Just give me one more minute. <laughs> 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 and we gotta you get had 32 we gotta get more minutes. Right. It's like, uh, <laughs> that was three hours ago. No. Right, right. You're the 45th so, one more minute. Yeah, one more minute. So mm-hmm. uh, the other thing would be... Um, just, just, I think one of the things is like how in church you can just finish the next person's uh, sentence. Yeah. Like, first yeah. giving honor to God. Yeah. Who's the yeah. what? Head of my life. Absolutely. You know? <laughs> And um and I think the other one uh other one would be well there's so I, many not, of look, them God so, is good all the all time, the time. <laughs> and all the time God is good yeah. yes and it just depends like okay we'll get some um, progressive church in here too so some pro- pro- progressive church type stuff where um how many um. Kurt Franklin songs you sing, <laughs> you know how many Kurt Franklin songs you know. Um, Speaking of songs, one of my favorite is the fact that we can turn anything into a gospel song. Exactly. Like I was thinking when I, when I wrote this, I was thinking about Music Soul Child's uh, "Love." Uh huh. We we turned that into a gospel song. Uh-huh. Oh yeah. <laughs> But, you know, the history of gospel is blues, so mm-hmm. it flows, mm-hmm. you know. We but it's an expression of it. who we are. And, um, like, we t- we we t- we came from a strip culture right. and really created culture. Right, and, right, you right. know, and I even, even in all the funny things that we do, it's like how we talk to each other. You can go to any part of the country. And if you if you've grown up in black church, you know you can kind of like experience some of the same things. So just even if you haven't even grown up in church, just mm-hmm. sayings that we can say, you know, like when I said mm-hmm. black don't and y'all can That's finish it. and crack, say crap, right. you know, they, they connect. Us. <laughs> yeah, they, they just connect. connect us. Yeah. It's just all kinds of things that connect us, and um, I'm that's so the beauty of our community. Of I yeah. love, like, if it makes you feel something and right. feel special, right. When you connect, even like just yeah. the, our head nod, right? Yeah. You know, corporate America, you see another brother, or sister, yeah. you hit him with the head nod, and all exactly. is good. You get exactly, it. exactly. It's just that connection. Yeah. I think, and that's when we start talking about solidarity, mm-hmm. and um, we start talking about um, harmony. Um, that's the kind of things you're in sync with each other. But it's like even beyond that, but just a deep understanding. Like there's there's different things that um, 
as as being a black woman that another black woman understands. Like, yes. you know, being a black man, there's other things that the other although our our lived experience is not monolithic, you know, it's not the same. Yeah. But a lot, we have a lot of similarities, and Absolutely. those are the things that connect our community. Absolutely. We're, col- we're a collective community. We're connected. We're horizontal and we're vertical. And so um, that's the uniqueness and what I appreciate about our communities. Second question 90s RB. Okay. Who is the best group? Boys to Men, SWV, Jagged Edge, Jodeci, Drew Hill, <laughs> or Escape? Boys to Men. She made that one easy. That was light work. That was. Boys to Men. What's your favorite Boys to Men song? And you got to sing it. I, I, yeah, I got no, to sing it. Can, we can, we can. You can sing How it. We, do we. I? <laughs> Man, that's the, that's the, uh, <laughs> that's the, the funeral old, song. Right? The, oh, I know. That's the let's say goodbye to yesterday. I said, oh my God. But, reason, but you know the reason why I say that? Because I'm looking at longevity. And yeah. I'm looking at who's around, who's still touring, and who's still making money. Mm-hmm. And, you know, I went to a Boys to Men concert when I was living in Texas at a rodeo. <laughs> at a rodeo. Wow. And the place was packed out. Were you, you in know? Houston? Yeah. No, this was in um, Austin, Austin, Texas. But okay. um, so, so when we say best around, you got to also think, like, you know, there's some good legacy. Yep. But, you you know, when you think about legacy, you think about Patty. Patty's still out there touring. She's still Absolutely. kicking her shoes off on stage. You know, and so she's still in existence now. So I think they're still performing, you know, so I would say and they've been consistently performing. Yeah. You know, so that's why mm-hmm. I would have they, to say they that. They dropped cause, the member Because everybody else, where where are they? They at home chilling now, just joking. Not, they're not at home, but I <laughs> right. mean, like, I know. Jagged um, A's about to come after yeah, you. Yeah, I know. Right. Not, said, we dropped the video home. last week. Jodeci, too. Escape just got off tour. I'm talking about consistency. Like, consistent. Bro, what's your answer? That's what I'm saying. Drew Hill? Yeah, no, I'm playing. I'm so, I'm so joking. I'm so joking. He's going to say escape. I mean, I didn't. I didn't Cisco I said thank you for even saying their name. I wasn't in the 90s R&B, though. How is that possible? So I can't, like, none of them, like, resonate with me. Jacket Edge was cool. Um, hey, Wild Black Silver. listeners, I want to go ahead and announce now we are on the search for a new co-host for Wild Black. <laughs> <laughs> we are on the search. We're coming to a city near you. It wasn't my 90s uh, I'm a hip-hop head. I, I mean, I didn't, I didn't, R&B cool. <laughs> yeah, I'm, I'm cool. What about you? I'm stuck. I'm stuck on looking at you differently. Hold on, give me a second. I need a second. Let me see where he go. See, Man. I could have dated myself and really been like, okay, wait a minute. You really, is new addition now. I'm just joking. Oh, <laughs> now, yeah. I now, almost see, put them see, in, see, but they see. had, they had, they were popping in the seventies. Yeah. This should go hard <laughs> though. They in were the popping 80s, in the seventies. I'm kidding. 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 I used to be in my room over in the. Corner, Candy Girl. Uh, what, what, not, what was what was Mr. the one? Telephone Man. No, I'm th- there was one more that it was the that ballad. Was, Mr. Telephone Man went hard too. What was the ballad on that album? Oh my! Is, is this the end? Don't you know? I think I can sing. You know, as I do all those songs, right? <laughs> <laughs> now I really almost added Mint Condition to this one. Oh, okay. They were so also Yeah, yeah. I was on the I was on the flight the other day with Stokely. Oh really? <laughs> yeah. He was a cool brother. He follows Wild Black. I, it, wow. That does not surprise me one bit. Mm-hmm. Huh. For yeah, me, it was either it was either Boys to Men or Jodeci. Because okay. while Jodeci isn't still putting out music the way Boys to well or touring the way yeah. Boys to Men is, because Jodeci yeah. is still dropping music yeah. and some of it's good. Mm-hmm. There, Jodeci's impact, yeah, on like that the new kind of R and B sound, yeah. It still felt today. I can see. Why you I can put see what you're uh, R. Kelly in here? Stop playing. <laughs> Stop playing. You try, you try to get me kicked off the show. We cannot bring up his name. Uh-huh. You be, but his music, his he, music, he, his music shall not be named. His, his, but his, his music. His, no, his name goes to the symbol now. <laughs> the symbol like Prince uh, did. Oh, see. Is the symbol we a little girl? Yeah. Let me stop. 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 Let me stop.
don't off the that. playlist. Shots. Don't do Even that. when my aunt deletes you off your her playlist, dude, that's, that's like, yeah, that's something. But his right music there. was pretty amazing. It was. Yeah. But when you come off of he was the crazy. family reunion playlist, oh yeah. It's over. It's over. It's, it's over. over. He's off the family reunion. It's over. Exactly. It's over. Third signature question. Okay. What do you love most about Life While Black? Life While Black. Um mm-hmm. What I love is our connection to one another yeah. without even knowing each other. You know, um, <laughs> it was, we just, a friend of mine, we went to an event Saturday night and there was a girl that the people that she was supposed to go with didn't show up. And so we just met her in line. And so she saw us when we came in. She said, hey, my people didn't show up. It's all right. Can I hang with y'all? And we were like, yeah, sure. You know, mm-hmm. and she hung with us. <laughs> we didn't know her. And we just introduced ourselves. And it's friend. just it's just a new friend. And I think yeah. um, that's what I like about us. You know, we'll, you know, you you meet on, in the, on the airplane and you start talking. And um, just that sense of community, that sense of family mm-hmm. yeah. um, that's in us, that's still there, that collective community and sometimes like I you know sometimes we can stray away from that you know and be because we are so diverse and um within this community but uh, and we've been through so much in this community but still we always find our way back together yeah, um mm-hmm. you know we know how to unify and so um that's a beautiful thing so yeah. I think I'm that's one of the things I'm proud about I love that yeah I like yeah. that it's like everybody my cousin yeah. Yeah, it yeah. look like me and my Auntie, cousin. Auntie, you know, cousin, like, what, what group, you know, like... What's up, aunt? There's some other groups, but, like, you know, your mom's friend is always the auntie and your this yep. last uncle such and such, or, you know, and you find out that person was never even related to you, but you thought mm-hmm. it was your aunt growing up, mm-hmm. you know? It's always there. Uh, yeah, and so, yeah. So, nicknames, all those different things. So, it's just, you know, I love our community. Yeah, that's cool. dope. Well, we'll jump into the dope quote. So, the dope Q-Biz. quote is... um is the anchor point of the episode. It's the okay. thematic that you'll hear throughout the entire episode. Okay. And if I can get through it, I feel like my voice is going out again. I'm going to read it real quick. No one is born hating another person because of the color of his skin or his background or his religion. People must learn to hate. And if they can learn to hate, they can be taught to love. Mm-hmm. For love comes more naturally to the human heart than its opposite. Mm-hmm. And that is by Mr. Nelson Mandela. Mm-hmm. So when you hear that quote, let me know if you meet, if you want me to read it again. Mm-hmm. What comes to your mind? What's the first thing you think? Um, the first thing that comes to mind is Obama, because Obama used to quote that mm-hmm. um, a lot, and so I think you know just just that that we we are continuing um, this mantle of learning and educating and growing. And um, and so when I think about that, that was Nelson Mandela. And you think about at the time period that he was stating those things. Um, and then you hear the first black president, um, you know, say, quote that same thing. Yeah. I think that's true. It's like we're not born um, racist. We're not. That's, uh, you know, we are conditioned and socialized into that. Mm-hmm. And so... Um, it can be unlearned, but at first yeah. it has to be recognized. Right. And so the only way you can recognize it is understanding what it is um, and then understanding um, what to do about it. Right. And so, mm-hmm. but I think a lot of times in America, we don't know how to recognize it. Yeah. We don't know how to define it. Um, and then we're in denial about it. And anything yeah. that you don't tell the truth about it, it just continues to grow and continues to implode. Yeah. And that's what has happened. So I think, you know, no one is born like that. You, yeah. But kids start categorizing at the age of three. Yeah. And so you have to get them young, um, especially in a racialized society. So we have to unteach what society already does silently. Yeah. You know? Yeah. Mm-hmm. What's important about that to me, and the reason I chose that quote, that specific quote, is because if you, you have to believe that. Mm-hmm. In order for the work that you do to really take hold, yeah. right? You have yeah. you have yeah. to believe that we can be taught better because yes. we once operated better, mm. and and I think that's important. You, you made a great point that you have to recognize it and accept it. Yeah, and I think one of the struggles that we see in this country is people make the leap in their head that 
if I admit that I have behavior that falls into the racist or oppressive or, or, or biased category, then by default, I must be a bad person. Yeah. Therefore, I will not accept that I'm a bad person. Right. And therefore, I cannot be right. this. And now right. you're stuck. You can't make any progress right. with that one person yeah. because they're stuck. About it's, it's about themselves. Yeah. I don't want to be labeled as bad. Yeah. When in reality, you're human, you're flawed, but you can always be better. Right, right. We want to we wanna say that because we think that racism or racist equals hate. Right. We have this one view, this one yeah. perspective of what that is. Right. When really um, racism starts with indifference. Yes. Racism starts with self-centeredness. Yes. You know, and so those are the things we have to understand. Like we have to know how to define it, you know, and if we don't know how to define it as it relates to, um, you know, racism being that of individual racism mm -hmm. versus, you know, um, systemic and institutionalized. Yeah. And so those are the things that we don't, we conflict it to. So when we think of racism, you know, you'll hear people say, well, they, they were a good father. You know, mm -hmm. when you talk about, you know, you talk about Bull Connor down, you know, yeah. and, uh, you know, you hear his, you will hear his children. He was a great father or people that worked for him in his house. They were, he treated me kind, you know, but it's like understanding like what is like racism is not just what he did individually, but the system yeah. of racism that he was a part of and, and what he created, you know, um, making sure we don't miss that. And that's just something that we are not taught in school, how to define this, um, when something happens to your kitchen, you might say, This is ludicrous. But that won't fix your home. That will only get you the rapper, Ludicrous. Having trouble? Don't panic. Don't be alarmed. You need to file a claim? Holla at State Farm. Like a good neighbor, State Farm is there. That's right. You can file a claim on the app or call us. Thanks, Mr. Chris. No matter how ludicrous the situation, like a good neighbor, State Farm is there. State Farm, Bloomington, Illinois. And so even as a person of color, as a black person, that's even sometimes the, the language and we don't have, you know, that's something that you really have to read yeah. and start understanding the depth mm. of what we're dealing with and understanding the historical um, um, context of what yeah. we're dealing with here. So, yeah. yeah. The premise of, of no one is born hating another person because mm. of the color of skin, I, I absolutely agree. I think that that's right. And, and it does have to be taught. Um, or learned, meaning, mm -hmm. you know, individuals, and you know, kids pick up on everything. Yeah. Um, I, I don't necessarily agree with, like, love comes more naturally to the human heart than it, its opposite. I'm with mm -hmm. you on that. I, mm -hmm. I don't necessarily think that love is kind of based on, like, this fundamental thing that the heart has that you come out and you, you just love everything. I don't think mm -hmm. it works that way. Mm -hmm. I think it's all about um, learning. And yeah. you learn yeah. what to love and you learn yeah. what to hate, even with the, the you know, the outward, what you see outwardly and then also what you mm -hmm. experience that may be really subtle. Mm -hmm. yeah. And then that begins to form like what you love and then what you necessarily hate. So that's how people can, you know, you could, you could, you could not think that you're a racist, but you're completely a racist because everything that's been around you for, you know, 25 years yeah. has been the stereotypical Racist behavior right. or racist activity, mm -hmm. even though it may not have been named or, right. or you don't call it that, that because to you it's yeah. just normal life. Yeah. Correct. So it's the so, air that you breathe. Yeah. So right. I'm exactly. not racist. I just have racist beliefs and views, and I necessarily <laughs> wouldn't wouldn't particularly call it that, uh -huh. right? Yeah. Uh -huh. And I think that's more of how it really works when it when it comes out. Yeah. Yeah. It's like our society cues you. You know. Mm -hmm. Yes. Um, yeah. It cues. Yep. It automatically cues. Um, you know this racial hierarchy, yeah. you know, where a six-year-old black kid is told in a class, now this is six years old, told in a class that you can't be the leader. Why can't I be the leader? I right. can't be the leader because I'm, little kid told him, I can't be the, you can't be the leader because black people don't know how to lead. Yeah. Mm -hmm. And so that's, so at six yep. years old, that's a racist thought. And Absolutely. so it's like, so really what we have to do is we really have to teach our kids, you know, from a young age, not so much as to be non-racist. What we talk about is how to be anti-racist. Like, yeah. so, but there's this, this mindset, especially in the 70s and the 60s, this whole colorblind approach and this, everybody was afraid like, okay, we don't want to be racist. We don't want to be like the people in the 60s. Or we don't, that's the one way they think 
racism operates, but not understanding the layers and the complexity of racism through the systems and and how you're a part of it and how you feed into it. Mm -hmm. And so I think those are the things where uh, we have to make sure that we're giving, we we never deconstructed any of the systems. So the systems are still at play. Yeah. Without sometimes just even they were it, exactly, yeah. just, there was yes. attack, we attacked the topical exactly, application exactly, which are the people that without are the root, the, exactly, yeah. exactly, <laughs> without mm-hmm. the root of it, exactly. and we've always done that, yeah. and so, um, but just that same racist thought that this six-year-old said that continues, and it doesn't mean like that little kid is not necessarily hating the other kid, but he's repeating a racist cue that our society. Says it could be through comments. He could have said his parents said, said yeah. just things that he's picking up, you know. Um, I like how you put it. That, that's the air that he breathes. Yeah, li- it's the I, air I like that he breathes. The little girl told me, saw a four-year-old little girl in Target. Mom pushing her in the car, and she just looked at me. And you know how four-year-olds, they'll say anything. The first thing that comes to mind, they're going to mm-hmm. tell it. Sure. And she told it. She said, we don't like black. Mm. And her mom was so embarrassed. And, you know, at first I'm thinking, like, not today. <laughs> like, you know? <laughs> right. Like, Jesus, today, I'm just like, trying to get my Pringles and, her and mom go was home, And her mom may have never said those words. But sometimes the things that you don't say, mm-hmm. you're also saying a lot. That's Correct. Right. And so it could be she's getting cued some way in Absolutely. her life that something's uh, she's othering black people mm-hmm. already. Mom is not correcting and, yeah, her or something. Yeah, exactly. Still yeah. ride it in the cart. It's still ride it in a, a cart. Yeah. You know, saying that I don't like black. We don't we don't like black. Right. We don't like black. We as white people. Yeah. We we like I'm white. Mama, we we don't like black. Yeah. Yeah. Mm. All right. So I want to jump in with a with a couple of questions. Okay. We 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 talked about this earlier. In your bio, we mentioned cultural intelligence uh-huh. and racial literacy. Yeah. Explain those. What what do those yeah. two things mean? Cultural intelligence is really it's like a uh, a certification, and and some of that when you start talking about um, diversity and inclusion, it's like your knowledge of other cultures and how you improve that knowledge of other cultures and how and and working cross culturally. Um, that's really what um, um, the skills that it takes to work. Um, the skills that it takes to work cross culturally, but really, um, what we should really be aiming for is being more um, having um, a cultural response. You know, um, because when sometimes when we we can put like intellect when we're talking about intelligence, like okay, I'm culturally intelligent. I know how to go to Japan and be behave and um, right. do the right handshakes and stuff like that. Those are those are some of the things when you're talking about cultural intelligence, um, understanding culture, understanding white culture, understanding um, Latinx culture helps me to function um, and be um, more connected in those spaces when I understand something about you, you know, right. and how you operate. Like it's one your thing, rules exactly, and norms in your exactly. Exactly. And so understanding, um, um, you know, that, you know, in the Asian culture that um, the the older adults are going to eat first, you know. Um, So that makes me more culturally intelligent. But that really doesn't have anything to do when we start talking about um, anti-racism work. I think it's, you know, it's a part of it. It's a foundation of it because as you start understanding culture and appreciating culture and, um, and understanding that just because someone's culture is different doesn't make it wrong or just because someone's culture is um is um you know is different from ours it doesn't mean that um it's the, the wrong culture and so right. we can do that we can demean other people's culture right. like why are you sit on the floor when you eat or why are you eat with your hands you know what i'm saying right. and so we can have like cultural superiority like the way we do it in our culture is the best way and right. we we do that a lot and when you start talking about american exceptionalism and you know mm-hmm. and how we look down on that so you can take some of those foundational things and you can start really getting that foundation of cultural intelligence and help help to build into anti-racism work and racial right. literacy work in that. So it's really a fa- like laying a foundation to, so we can understand that, hey, we do have a culture. There's a American culture. There's a church culture. There's a Christian culture. There's a black culture. There's a white culture, just like there's, um, you know, any other culture. Like white is not obsolete in this, you know? And so um, I think a lot of times white people don't realize they have a culture. Like they think like, okay, no, my culture is American culture, it's just a norm. Yeah. But no, what? And then let's define it. What is it? And how does that connect to your identity? And how does it intersect 
with other cultures, you know? And yep. so those are the type of things that lays that foundation to me that for um, more proper um, anti-racism work yeah. when you start, when people start understanding that, because a lot of times when we're in a class and we, we say, um, you know, name something about you, like you said, name something about your culture, or your, your the, the group that you are part of classified with, name something about your group that you like. And everybody will name food, family, you know, sayings, games. you know, all games, all these yep, different nicknames. things. And I get to um, white people and they're like, and I go to them last and they're crickets. Mm, crickets. Yeah. Crickets. A, a white person doesn't necessarily or, or could potentially not necessarily think that they have a culture because everything around them yeah. is their culture. Yeah. It's like we are assimilating into what they already consider their culture, which yeah. is... Everything. Just being an American. Yeah, just like that's, that, yeah. that's that's ours. And it easy it even gets tied into Christian culture gets mm-hmm. tried into um white culture when Christian culture started in Eastern culture. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. Like, you know, yeah. and so when you start looking at that um and start pulling those things apart, that's when you start able to do a lot more identity work. Um and so there's really some deconstructing that has to happen in a racialized society where you you're you're giving people they're being stripped of culture and identity when, you know, when you immigrated to America, those who immigrated, um, and then um those who were enslaved, you know, and brought yeah. here, like all of that was stripped to become, you know, um American. And right, so there's right. a, there's a lot of law and you have to understand that, you know. And then how everyone but what is that that everyone wants to be a part of cuz people want everyone wants to be a part of that dominant group, right. you know. And so um but at what cost, you know? Mm-hmm. And so and that's when you start getting and understanding like how um, whiteness was built, you know, how white supremacy what is white supremacy? It's not the KKK, but it's like any group that thinks they're superior um, over other groups, and so, and, and what is that? And who? Wh- how do we play into that? And so, yeah. um, and our society accuses us of that, you know, where mo- a lot of little black kids, you know, when you start, you know, you start asking questions, you know, even as it relates to um, dolls and different things like that. That's so. I, with us, when we say black power, or black lives matter, that's an inspiration. That's more uplifting um, of a marginalized people group, you know, right. but it's different when you say white power, when you already hold all the power Correct. to say white power is more about dominance, you right. know, right. And, and, and maintaining oppression and, uh, mm-hmm. in a system that already exists. So it's totally different, you know, when you, when you say that. And so, um, so those are some of the things, just really educating people on, on those things because we don't understand the, the con the context of that. So, I really yeah. love the way you break some of those things down. <laughs> I mean, it, you make it like you break it down into nice consumable bite-sized yeah. pieces that, that you can digest easy. That's racial literacy. Yeah, so that I like answers that. the next question. I like that. Cool. <laughs> racial healing, equity, and reconciliation. Yes. So the question I want to ask there is mm-hmm. for all of us listening. Okay. Why is it so important for black people specifically? to go through the process of healing, understanding what's going on from reconciliation process. And then even more so, why is it important for white people? Because yeah. I guarantee you people listening will be like, I understand why I as a black man or black woman might, but why does Julie or my white neighbor, why does she need to heal? Why does he need to work on mm-hmm. reconciliation? Mm-hmm. So yeah. explain I, that. I think some of it, you know, where we have inherited a mess, um, you know, we're a part of a system that we didn't create. Right. No, you know, none of us alive today, um, we didn't create the system, but a lot of us alive today are still upholding the system. Right. And so because we're a part of this system that elevates one group um, and that still uh, marginalizes other group, uh, we all need to heal from what is broken, you right. know? And so when we talk about this healing, um, you know, this healing process, um, that could be from healing from this this maybe this superiority mindset that you've been cued to have right. um healing from the construct of whiteness right. um healing from um because you know you have to realize that um racism and you know is is bad for the oppressed and the oppressor right and so and sometimes you don't even know that you're oppressing you know and so i think that healing process um 
you don't even know what you need to be healed from. And so we like to um, give people that context in, in the sense where they have to understand what's broken first. And so right. because they're just existing in it, yep. in the system. And so once you start really seeing like, okay, this is what's broken. This is what's happened. This is how the system is operating. So you, now how do I move forward in that now that I know? Like, okay, I'm going to feel... Um, this sense of shame, I'm going to feel, I'm going to go through the emotion of of guilt. And so sometimes we we try to push that away. So we tell people that we should um, kind of mourn, like, you know, right. we should have sorrow. And we talk about the word lament, you know. Right. Um, and so, we, you know, like it's okay because a lot of times you can see when there's great sorrow, it moves people to action. So we see this at so many times, like, um, you know, after like, um, MLK or like when there's been like um, Matt, like a, a really bad like death or something, you know, you talk about civil rights, um, I'm talking about civil rights movement now, but like the death of MLK ushered in, um, you know, the passing of, um, you know, the, um, the Voting Rights Act and um, and then also like the the um, immigration reform and fair housing and, you know, some of the other things, you know, um, that it start ushering in. And so you see at different points where you think at the Emmett Till right. that, you know, that was some of the first thing that started bringing um, our community together into form like, um, you know, some of the civil, the, the, the later civil rights um, right. act in the fifties, and then you know you see um, you know some of the you know when we think about some of the lynchings that happened, yeah. um, how that started form you know the work that Ida B Wells was doing that formed that started forming the NAACP. You know right. what I'm saying? So out of this 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 great sorrow and deep um, mourning and lament, there comes this push for justice. Right. And so and then that justice. And that righteousness that brings about healing, yeah. and so it's so a lot of times people don't want to feel the sorrow. We don't want to feel the more, you know. We don't want to mourn. We don't want to. We don't want to think about it. We want to move on. We want to fix it. How do we fix it and move on? And um, so what we try to teach people is like we have to name what's broken. If you went on a road trip and you didn't stop for a Big Mac or drop a crispy fry between the car seats or use your McDonald's bag as a placemat, then that wasn't a road trip. It was just a really long drive. At participating McDonald's. Right. And so in order, because in order to have, when we talk about the word reconciliation, and I use that word um, because being a faith-based organization, um, understanding the ministry of reconciliation, what that truly means, but reconciliation is not reconciliation without that of justice and reparation. And so we like Ooh, to talk about like reconciliation, that. but we don't really want, we want to talk about reconciliation as it relates to forgiveness. And you put the, the you continue to oppress the oppressed in that and put the responsibility on the marginalized group when really to this forgive. is, yes, to forgive and why, mm. and when anything, even when we talk about our faith, you know, like anything about even if, if I'm talking this from a spiritual standpoint, the first thing when we're going to have reconciliation with God, we have to what? We have to confess our sins. Correct. Mm -hmm. Yep. And so we're still waiting for that, <laughs> you know? And so it's just like even from a, a, a spiritual context, we should be able to understand that. And so those are the things that we like to inform people. Like if we're going to get, we all want, you know, we want a, we want reconciliation that brings about healing, that brings about peace and, and, and solidarity and harmony. Like those things don't come. Those things don't come when you just feel like people just need forgiveness, you know? Yeah. It doesn't come, you know, this doesn't come when there's just confession. Because people confess a lot. There's a lot of things that, you know, some organizations that have confessed, like, you know, their part in, in, in slavery or, you know, denominations that were split over this conversation. But what movement, what reconciling have they done? What reparation, yeah. what have they done to make what it justice right? Work exactly. Was, yeah. So you let, me, know? let me ask you this, because you, you, you painted a picture and then I think you pivoted a little bit to come back into where you were going, right? Where... um in order to get to points where, you know, the civil rights movement and then there was some sort of, um, I won't say acceptance, but it was some sort of uh, uh, allowance of, oh, wow, let's, let's, Martin Luther King was this great, 
you know, person and now is there streets named after him and the Voting Rights Act mm -hmm. and all that, right? But it took a very traumatic experience that yeah. was imposed on the people who were oppressed, yeah. mm -hmm. right? And it seems like that is the countless thing that occurs consistently all the time. in order for us to get very, very little or marginalized mm -hmm. Progress, and mm -hmm. I'm quote, I'm air quoting progress, right? Yeah. It's, it it comes with death. That, that is correct. It comes with death and something very traumatic mm -hmm. that almost becomes something of a revolution or a revolt of the total system. Yeah. Do you think that that death or revolting of the total system is the thing that will change the total system? Because right, we see it in pockets, right? And, and yeah. over history, we see these little pockets of time or things mm -hmm. that happen that jolt the African-American community mm -hmm. or the oppressed. Yeah. And then there's small incremental changes to the system, mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. right? But the system's so big, it's like that one little change is not significant enough to actually really transform or really question, be yeah. what we need. I think, I think it doesn't always have to be about death where when you have death that the the progression kind of dies. So you think about a lot of the movements, you know, there were a lot of people involved in the civil rights movement, Absolutely. especially a lot of women that was the architects behind a lot of the things that happened with that you didn't hear about, but the front facing person, you know, was was MLK a lot. And, and you know, and so like, I mean, think about the role his wife played, mm -hmm. you know, um, Coretta played a big part of this, but you don't hear a lot of those stories. But I think what we have to see is like, it doesn't always, it shouldn't always have to take death. What we have to have a strategy. And the thing that I think that white supremacy does well that um, that we don't do is strategize for through through getting the um, the the reconciliation. You know what I'm saying? We don't strategize through. And I think some of that we see this some of the seeds of that when you think about the Poor People's Campaign that was supposed to, like yep. that that mm -hmm. was the next thing. You see some of the political push, like it was it relates to the Viet speaking out on the Vietnam War that was happening. But it's like the death like rattled and just just an already traumatized community that had just continuously for the last, I'll not say decades, but centuries. You're talking about centuries, generational trauma for centuries. And I think sometimes people are tired, you know? Mm -hmm. And so it's like, uh, it's like the movement kind of scattered a little bit. And then you have like infighting and all these different things. But it's like, I think we need a bigger strategy. You know, I think we need um, a, a, a long-lasting strategy, what you would say, a long-suffering strategy right. in that sense that will that can go beyond generations, right. you know, um, that can carry us. And, it's, you know, that it continues to work without us working in that sense. The yeah. same type of strategy we see when we look at the system of white supremacy. Yeah. And so... So I think it's really... And, and But the hard thing about it, because it takes the solidarity of people mm -hmm. of color and see you have it cuz it can't just be when we look at when we look at um black people we see um of anything that we've done and anything that we've been for it it, it hasn't been exclusively for us it's yes. always been everybody else it's been gets, inclusive it has yep. been included in the right so what you know what was happening like equal doing, rights for yes, everybody yeah well, yeah okay. yeah yep. like so what you saw in the civil rights movement you also saw what was happening um uh, with um the with the Mexicans Chicanos and um in California mm -hmm. where this movement about um you know their dropout rate the school push with Cesar Chavez and Dolores and all all those people those leaders out there but what happened because they realized that Okay, this isn't just about civil rights for black people. This is civil rights. This is inclusive. This is civil rights for everyone. And so it's really, I think this next movement really has to be all people of color coming together in racial harmony mm. and racial solidarity. It's gonna take all of us to be um to to really 
push this thing forward into next. Because the thing is, you look at, we start looking at, when people start looking at statistics and we start looking at the census and you saying like, oh, there's going to be more Latinx, you know. But if there's anti-blackness in the (laughs) the Latinx community, and if there's, you know, if if you have so much disunity within the black community as it relates to, you know, the Latinx, it just implodes. So it's like, how do we... You know, we've been fighting so long against each other to not be at the bottom as it relates to in this system of white supremacy. Mm -hmm. And we've ingested the lie. We've ingested the lie of, you know, of one being inferior, one being superior. We've we've internalized racism. Yeah. So how do we start healing from that? So when we're talking about, you know, healing, what do we need to heal from? You know, there's generational trauma that we have to heal from. But we have to recognize it and understand it and understand the impact it's had on not just ourselves, but our communities. But also how have we internalized, how are we acting out? white supremacy as it relates to one another. And so we start talking about, you know, Native Americans who, like, culture was stripped from them. Mm -hmm. You know, um, some people don't even know they're Native because they were, you know, given away as children, you know, taken to boarding schools, like the lost, even languages lost, you know, the same way with, um, you know, um, African Americans as it relates, we'll never know what ethnic tribe, you know, we come from in Africa, you know, all those different things. But there's healing. That all takes healing and resolve with that. So I think this next conversation really has to be um, as it relates to people of color, a coming together, you more unif- unification right. within that so that we can do the work of helping to deconstruct. And this is not just, the weight of this is just not on people of color. You know, we have the, um, I don't even want to use the word allies, but what we say accomplices, you know, in this work. So not just someone that's going to be, you know, have my back. You know, I want you to walk beside me. You know, I I just want you to walk beside me. I want you to stand in front of me and block whatever's coming, you know. (laughs) You know, that's an accomplice, you know, accomplice in this, you know, where, especially if you're, if you're really trying to, to shed um, this system of whiteness, you know, what does that look like? Not just to have someone's back, but to also stand in front and say, you're not getting to them unless you come through yeah. me. You know? Hey, you and so that's, so that's a lot. Right I know, there was a lot right there. No, no, no. no. I, I don't I mean like, I don't mean like, I mean like, you, <laughs> no, 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 that, you had word after word after word <laughs> that just made, so, so you, said, you said a, a lot that really, that really grabbed me when you, when you broke down um, reconciliation into power and justice and recognition mm-hmm. and what was the other word she used? Restoration. 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 Yeah, yeah, there were so many things, yeah. right? Yeah. Even even the reparations part. Yeah. And they all yeah. have meaning. Right. When you started <laughs> like talking about meaning. about strategy, like, yeah. like you you said so much that I think people need to hear. And and so I wanted to build on when you brought up strategy. Mm-hmm. Right. When I think about strategy, I think about it's it's how we organize our resources to overcome right. our barriers to get yeah. where we're going. Right. Strategy right. to me is a map. I see a map. Yes. Yeah. Right. I know where I know I'm going from Mississippi to Chicago. Mm-hmm. I know where I'm going to stop for food along the way. I know what drivers in the car mm-hmm. are going to help me drive or where I'm going to get gas. Mm-hmm. So I'm looking at everything in front of me mm-hmm. to get where I'm going. I know where the roadblocks are going to be, where the mm-hmm. police are bad at. So you and understand when I have a flat potentially, yeah. <laughs> right? Or if the police right. start to stop me and want to shoot me, what I, what am I going to do? Right. So so tell me this when we start thinking about our resources and our tools Mm -hmm. to reach this place of reconciliation, Mm -hmm. right? What are the factors that are in support of that, right? What resources do we have to help us get there, whether Mm -hmm. it's the church or whether it's community or whether it's an organization like yours, Be the Mm -hmm. Bridge? And at the same time, what are the barriers? Yeah, yeah. I think it's all of those things because I think like what we do with Be the Bridge is just one part Mm -hmm. of a big circle, you know, in that sense. And so I think, but a lot of times we, we take like, we, we kind of, because this is the air that we breathe, the water that we drink, this white supremacy. So we kind of ingest that and Mm -hmm. we want to be the center of that. Mm -hmm. So it really takes all these organizations, the church, community, um, people dying to sell. It's like, this is not about self-promotion. So there's a lot of people out there doing some amazing things that can really galvanize people that that have strategies. I mean, we have some brilliant strategists in our community, um, architects that can, that can, 
pinpoint and that can show and that knows like this is what we need to do, you know, on the political side. This is what we need to do in the, you know, the education field, in the healthcare field, the environment. There's a lot of people out there. But the thing is, we can't come together. Correct. We can't unify. We can't unify. And so, but it's like, why can't we unify? And so some of this is like we ingest the same when we start thinking about the the foundation of um, white supremacy. Mm-hmm. Um, it's not that of hate. It's that yeah. of indifference. Right. It's like I said, it's self-interest. Yeah. Um, it's greed, you know? And white supremacy and exactly, is not, not reserved just exactly, for white people. Exactly. It's yeah. not. And so so how do we, Correct. you know, we yeah. start thinking what's the, what's the motivators for driving us? <laughs> if, it's, if it's greed or if it's power. And so you add power to that, you know? A part of white supremacy is like, you know, power. Power is not bad when it's used for good. Right. But you can use your power for, you know, most people are using their power not for good, you know? Right. It's, it's about control, you know? Yep. Yeah, and yeah. So, Absolutely. Um, exactly. Because black people are yeah. white supremacists. Yeah. yeah. And so and so we so have I, to die to that. Like, yeah. it's like really a, a death to that where no one gets to, um, no one is going to get no one is a front man in that sense. And so you think about some of the things that happen with, and you, if you look at and study movements, historical movements, um, if you look at some of the historical movements, you'll see that um, they had to kind of overlay. So you think about how the student movement had to join the civil rights movement. Like people had to kind of lock arms and give up their control in order to push the movement ahead, you know, mm-hmm, and some mm-hmm, people didn't, mm-hmm. some people chose not to do that, you know, everybody didn't march, <laughs> you know, right. like, everybody wasn't at the march on Washington, you know, and, and, you know, and so I think this, this new wave, we're going to have to have a new mindset, a new way of thinking, you know, and you think like, is that possible? Like, is that possible? You know, and I think is I think for me, in order to do this work, I have to be hopeful in it. Right. And so I can't just focus on that. Okay, I'm going to do my part and I'm going to make sure my heart is clear and I'm going to make sure I stay humble in this work and that I started from a, a posture of humility. And so and then remind other people, let's do the same thing. We got to start this from a we can't be out here doing this work. And then at the same time, oppressing our own community right. at the same time. It's like you're working against, you're, you're working for the community and then working against the community, right. you know? And so we see that so, so often. So what is that, you right. know? And then we have to kind of begin to dissect that stuff, you So when know? you say working against the community, right? Yeah. What, what, like, maybe give me an example. I or... would say it's like we, tr- we treat each other bad. Yep. You know, we can't say we want justice and we want our, our people to be treated you know, um, equitable and with equality and with respect and dignity, but yet and still we're not doing the same thing for the people that we work with, you know? And so you just see that, you know, and it's not to say you're not going to have conflict. I mean, anything, any work like this, you're going to have conflict. You're going to have tension, you know, but how do we work through the tension for the greater good? How do yeah. we how do we reconcile? So there's a lot of reconciliation when I say racial healing that needs to happen within our community with each other to say, how can we put that to the side and keep moving forward? And this is what you're good at and you do that. And this is what I'm good at. And this is what we're going to do. And there's, a, you know, like, how do how do we do that? Because, you know, like our our area, we do a lot of stuff with faith-based. There's people that I'm going to reach that other people are not going to reach just because we're faith-based. But then there's people that don't want to hear that. You know, you bring up the word reconciliation. Some people are hearing this now and be like, reconcile what? Because there's never been any ciliation. You know what I'm saying? Like, they're not, they don't want to hear that. So it's going to take maybe another group of people, but us still working together, saying that we still have the same goal. This is the mission. But there's going to be different methods and practices to get to the mission. But this is the ultimate mission. The mission doesn't change. Yeah. You know, the mission doesn't change. This is the mission. Hey there. Ever thought about what makes your heart beat a little faster? Oh, you mean like when you discover a new track that just speaks to you? Yeah. Or finding a movie that you can't stop thinking about? Well, get ready to feel that excitement all over again because Amazon Prime is here to take your entertainment and shopping experience to the next level. Absolutely. Prime isn't just about getting your packages quicker. It's about diving into a world of endless possibilities, from the latest releases to exclusive content you won't find anywhere else. And don't even get me started on the music. Prime offers concert specials that will transport you right to the front room. 
It's like being at the hottest gigs without leaving your living room. I use Prime to tap in with some of my favorite artists' live shows from any and every genre of music. Trust me, Prime is a game changer. It's like having a personalized superstore and entertainment hub right at your fingertips. So why wait? Head over to Amazon.com forward slash Prime and start experiencing entertainment like never before. So this, this is going to take one method and this is going to be another practice, but we all aim, aiming What's, for that mission. I want to start talking about how we learn yeah. and what we can do now. And I think, I think that creates a great opportunity to start talking about your book, Be the Bridge, Pursuing God's Heart for Racial Reconciliation. Uh-huh. Tell me more about how that book can help us get to where we're going. Yeah. I think one of the things that the book does, it takes us through this um, this process. Right. There's a process, you know. Um, steps, you know. Um, the first step is aware, being aware. You know, but a lot of times we're aware, but what do we do with it? We can be aware of something and we're like, oh, I'm going to close the door back. I don't want to know about it, you know. Um, or we can be aware and then the, the next step is like, how do we acknowledge what we're aware about, you know. And so really understanding our history. Like, and so one of the things is like aware of what's broken. Like most people, we don't know what's broken. We, you know, I hear people talking. Um, they don't even understand like how Detroit became Detroit. Right. Or like how Auburn Avenue became Auburn Avenue. Yeah. Like we don't understand. We, you know, I hear people in the military talk about, you know, you know, we were in the military. Everybody was the same. We were all soldiers, and we were. And I was like, now you ask my granddad and my daddy. There's a different story. Very there. much so. A very different story. But we don't talk to each other. We don't have proximity. You know, we live in racial boxes now. With people of color, we have to intersect, mm-hmm. you know. So we we're learning each other's story. We know, you know. Um, but when it comes to white people, they can you they can live their entire life and not have to intersect. It depends on where you live or be led by a person yeah. of color. Yes, that's not going to happen in our life. You know, that's not going to happen in our life. And um, and so um, I think, you know, some of that thing, some of those things when it comes to the education process, we tell um, people that are trying to learn and grow in this space that you have to be a listener. So when you become a part of our community, I don't care who you are, you have to listen for three months without talking. Mm. And that's a discipline, you know. That's a part of the discipline saying that. And, and to me, that... Um, enhances humility, that keeps us in a posture of humility because sometimes we're doing so much talking, but we're talking to, we're listening to, um, to, to respond. respond, you know, versus listening to ingest and yeah. to, to, to transition or to transform, you know? And so it's so you, a discipline. You miss a lot. When you miss a lot, you know, you miss so active listening. And um, what does that look like in um, in this space, especially when so many things has been misrepresented or lied or whitewashed? Like there's so much of our history, you know, why do we even have a movie? Like Hidden Figures, for example, that was strategically left out. Yeah. So how, and that's just one story as it relates to NASA. So just imagine. How many more there are. How many more stories, mm-hmm. which there are. I mean, there are a million stories Correct. of just history and then how we distort history. I think I think too also we we re reread the Bible through our cultural lens. Yes. You know? And so and culture like has distorted <laughs> yes. uh, what we see and 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 hear. There's so many things that's distorted. Yes. And so, and we use scripture, uh, we can use scripture as a weapon, but the same scripture that can be used as a weapon can also be used to heal. That's right. And so, that's it. but you have to know how to interpret that and, and know the truth in that Correct. and, and yeah. not just feed into the lies of that. Well, Latasha, we have had a hell of a time. Thank yeah. you so, so much. <laughs> I, I love it. I love it when we so get deep. I'm so glad. She delivered, didn't she? Oh, she delivered. Well, look, like I wanna, we want to give the mic to you okay. and take 30 seconds, 60 seconds just to close out, tell the people whatever it is that's on your heart to tell them. Yeah. In addition, shout out the book again, tell them how they can track you, find you, yeah. all that kind of stuff. Yeah. Um, one of the things I would say to um, the people that are listening to this, like, I know things are hard. Um, I know, you know, it's so complex. Um but I hope that 
in this just just in this podcast, like you're receiving the hope. Not you know, we don't want to just talk about the issues, but we also want to talk about um, there is hope because we're breathing. And if you're taking a breath right now, um, you that you are a part of the hope, you know? And so all of us that are listening to this, that are talking now, we are the hope of our ancestors. And so we have to keep pushing, keep going. And um, and although it's hard, um, we have each other. Um, this is a community. Don't get don't get taken out by the okie doke. <laughs> right. You know? Don't get in the sucking place, you know? Right, right. But, you know, it, we're, we're going to mess up. We're going to mess up. Um, um, but we just, when we mess up, we pick up and we keep going. And so, um, you know, you can find me on social media, Latasha Morrison, um, um, the organization Be the Bridge. Um, you know, we're not talking about a bridge of, of kumbaya. Um, we're talking about a bridge that's uncomfortable. We're talking about discomfort. Um, um, this is not a bridge that we're all walking on holding hands, but this is a, a, a bridge that we're lifting up the voice of the, the marginalized and, um, and making room and giving space, giving brave space, not safe space, but brave space like um, to people to get uncomfortable, to get messy and to learn and to grow. And so you can find this on, um, be the bridge.com and follow our socials. Um, be a bridge builder on Instagram and all the good things. And so we have a lot of stuff. We do a lot of educating as it relates to uh, racial literacy. Uh, we do a lot of educating as it relates to white people, you know? Um, and so we have a lot of white people that really, you know, um, want to be better, mm-hmm. <laughs> you know, and yeah. they want to do better. And so we're, we've created a um, whiteness intensive class is a 10 week class. Um, that class fills up um, online um, and we're doing, we're releasing some stuff for people of color. When I'm talking about what I'm talking about, there needs to be more racial harmony and unity mm-hmm. within our community. Right. Um, I'm not just saying that we're about creating some things that can start the conversation around some of the things that um, disconnects us. And right. so, um, so we're about solutions and right. doing just our little part. We're just I one little it. part of a bigger circle. And so we're ready to lock arms with anybody else like you guys, what you guys are doing. You're doing your part. And so that's what we're doing. So well, thank you. We so. we are we are glad to be doing our part and glad to be helping you do your part. Right. You're you, locking you, that you got circle two together. folks who yeah. can help as much as you need of us. Well, Latasha, again, thank you so much. <laughs> thank Wild you Black for having family. me. White supremacy is not just for white people. Are you the weakest link? Peace. We out. Who needs an alarm in the morning when McDonald's has sausage, egg, and cheese McGriddles and a breakfast cut-off? Ba-da-ba-ba-ba.